0: As a professional welder, Shana Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
1: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I can't believe it's almost Thanksgiving. I feel like, I don't know if Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, but I feel like any holiday that's just about food has to be up there in the rankings and like about what you're grateful for and thankful for. Granted, like the beginnings of why Thanksgiving is a thing are iffy and like probably borderline racist. But the idea that you focus on what you're grateful for and thankful for is definitely something that I can get behind and eating to celebrate it. So I hope that everybody has a good Thanksgiving that's coming up this coming Thursday. And if you aren't celebrating because you can't be with your family or, you know, something like that, that's really normal. And I commend you for being safe and putting your family's health and safety first because it's a really hard time. And, you know, if you are able to travel, I would just say be careful. And anyway, also happy birthday to my dad. It's his birthday today. So a big topic of conversation that came up. Oh, and by the way, we have the best episode today. Kelsey is hysterical and we disagreed on a few things, which were really good debate topics. And I really want to know where you guys stand. So please slide into my DMs. But a big topic on Instagram this week was how we relate to somebody whose parents have a different marital status. So, for example, like, can, you know, my parents are married. How is my relationship going to be with somebody whose parents are divorced, et cetera, et cetera? And it's interesting. I feel like it's not something I ever thought about, but my partner's parents are married and have a pretty great marriage similar to my parents. And I feel like that has both of us kind of looking at them thinking like, oh, it's amazing that they have this. Like, this is something that I wouldn't, you know, I don't want to settle for less. Whereas in my last relationship, his parents were not together. And I felt like there was a disconnect in terms of like how much fighting is okay versus not okay. And by the way, I'm not saying that people who have divorced parents are any worse, better or worse or on any sort of different level than people who have parents who are married. I think it's just in terms of like understanding the other person and where they come from and like what they have a tolerance for and what they think a healthy relationship looks like versus unhealthy. There are tons of friends of mine who have parents who are divorced and it's very amicable and it's very great and maybe they're remarried, maybe they're not, but they have relationships to show their kids kind of what works and what doesn't. I actually, when I put up this poll, a lot of people with divorced parents reached out to me and they said that they actually wouldn't feel great dating someone whose parents are together because they don't understand what it's like coming from divorced parents and you know, things will come into play like holidays, for example. It can be harder when your parents are divorced, let's say, and you're dating someone whose parents are together. And now you have three places to go to for the holidays, just like th- little things like that. So it's, it's something to think about. And then we had actually asked, does your significant other have the same parents have the same marital status as yours. And it was like 57% do. So just interesting. I mean, again, it's like it's like being with someone who's also the youngest. It's not like necessary, but it can help in terms of relating to one another. Somebody said that their partner always gives them bad gifts and they feel bad, but they can't just like keep accepting them because the gifts suck. And they know that their partner really wants to give them good gifts and like wants to make them happy. But They feel like they need sort of some direction and they were like, what should I say? So I came up with this. I don't know how we feel about it, but let's see. I said, your gifts are super thoughtful and I'm so appreciative of them. However, I'm super picky. So if you want any suggestions from now on, I'd love to point you in the right direction. I feel like, yes, it's like kind of bitchy, but you have to be direct with what you want, especially with a partner that's new. Like, you don't want to set the precedent of them always getting gifts that you don't like and then them wasting their money. Like you want it to be, you know, I would want my partner to tell me if my gifts were shitty. I got my boyfriend a jacket for his birthday this year and I just don't think he liked it. And I feel like he wasn't upfront about telling me because he didn't want to hurt my feelings. But then I kind of like figured it out on my own and then was able to get him something that he did like. Somebody asked, did moving in with my significant other change my routine? Definitely. Before I moved in with him, I was going to bed so much earlier, like 11, 12 at the absolute latest asleep and waking up at 8 and working out and doing, you know, all my things and he once he came into my life and you know, we started living together. He goes to bed much later. And it's so funny because if he's listening to this right now, he would be like, that's not true. Like, you go to bed late now, too. But I'm telling you, if you knew me before him, and like my parents will back me up, I went to bed so early. I woke up early and he stays up late. And so I've been, st- I stay up late now and I wake up later. But other than that, I think my routine is pretty much the same. I work out when I wake up and, get to work right away. So just along those lines, because there was a similar question, someone asked how to disconnect at the end of the day when you work from home. That's really hard. And it's 6 p.m. now on a Tuesday. And I I I don't really ever disconnect personally because... I'm always, you know, answering your questions and putting up polls. And it's really hard for me to disconnect. But I would say the best way is to change out of your work clothes into, unless you're wearing sweatpants already, in which case, same, and put on something comfortable and then do what you got to do to kind of start your nightly routine. So for me, I'm staying home tonight and most nights from now on because it's freezing and I'm just not in the mood to freeze on an outside. You know, restaurant table with like the heaters are just not that powerful, et cetera, et cetera. So I would light a candle, maybe change positions, like go to the couch and put on a show or put on some music and kind of do like a wind down, set the table, get ready for dinner, look at a meme or two, something that takes my mind off of a stressful work day. I feel like is good for winding down. I can't believe that it is already November 22nd. Like where, I mean, I know where the year went, up and shit, but it's just insane to me that it's flying by this quickly. I mean, maybe it's a good thing so that it can be finally over and we can, you know, move on and forget about this awful year. But because it's November 22nd, the holiday season is very quickly approaching and it brings up a lot like you're with your family there's a lot of emotions and for me like I just go straight to the food because I'm like I can't deal I just don't want to have any awkwardness let me just like stuff my face and that's obviously not healthy and I want to feel good especially like around Thanksgiving because it's a holiday that's actually dedicated to eating. And that's why I'm so grateful for Sakara. And I'm going to start a Sakara plan right after Thanksgiving. And so excited about getting back into it. If you haven't already heard of Sakara, it's a company that focuses on overall wellness. So it's not a diet, but it's a menu of ready to eat, chef crafted breakfast, lunches and dinners that changes weekly. So you never get bored and you can switch out. If you have a favorite thing that you get really into, you can switch it out for your favorite thing too, which is amazing. And, um, they have these incredible like additional products like metabolism, super powder. They've got this detox tea, which helps you go to the bathroom. They have a prenatal vitamin. So, I mean, I feel like everyone's getting pregnant in quarantine. So like you might need that. And for a limited time, Sakar is granting you guys, because we love you, access to their only sale of the year with 25% off site-wide. And the code is ACME Black Friday. So it's all one word. If you go to sakara.com and you enter the code ACME Black Friday at checkout, you're going to get 25% off your entire order. Enter code ACME Black Friday at checkout for 25% off your entire order at sakara.com, sakar Black Friday at checkout. Hey guys, I'm
1: Maddie Orlando and I'm Lauren Orlando. As you probably guessed, we're sisters and we're also co hosts of the podcast, The Sister Diary. Every week, we let our listeners into real-life conversations like the ones that we have at home. We have an eight-year age gap, so we always have a different perspective on things, but that makes it pretty fun. We talk about navigating life, growing up on social media, and pretty much anything else that we find interesting. You can catch a new episode of The Sister Diary every Friday.
0: Can you elaborate on your view on a partner being rude to strangers and it being a red flag? My ex was so mean to strangers and expressed anger to them. And I think it's an interesting topic. I could not agree more. This was a huge red flag for me that I overlooked. I feel like it's so important to me more than any other quality for my partner to be a warm person. And in the past, I dated people who we're just not warm. And like I would like if we ran into strangers on vacation or people that I knew even like he would just be doing his own thing and like not even really looking up or trying to get to know them. I feel like my whole MO is like, I want to know everyone. And if someone's important to my partner, like I want to talk to them. I'm going to talk to them on the street. I'm going to engage with them. Like the worst thing is when you run into someone on the street and your partner's just like standing there and like rolling their eyes and waiting for you to be done, like, let, like they should engage too, you know, maybe this person is important to you. Maybe they're not, but it still, I think shows this like darkness that they have potentially that you should focus on. Can you talk about mother issues and immature mothers Yes. So this is about a post that we posted the other day. And it was kind of like to show you being having a mother wound and like needing to acknowledge it. So basically, it's about if you are someone who has mommy issues who are listening, and I, I hate to use that phrase, but just I guess issues with your mom, it's like you have to create boundaries. You have to know that. Okay. Here's here's some signs. How about that? We'll start with that. If you feel lonely when you're with your mom, your relationship is one-sided, they dismiss or they minimize your emotions or relate to you in a superficial way, blame you for issues they caused, high emotional reactions, avoid vulnerability. They don't respect your boundaries. They expect you to guess how they feel. They make everything about them. They try to trigger you. They hold you accountable for their feelings but they're unable to hold space for your feelings or problems and they guilt or shame you into getting what they want. This can be any parent. It doesn't have to be necessarily a mom, but it's a very real thing. So if you do have that, I think it's just so important to acknowledge it, to work through this with a therapist. If you have a therapist and to create boundaries, to find women in your community who do uplift you, who do inspire you and to spend time like engaging in activities that make you more autonomous from your parents because you don't always need their opinions you don't always you know when you're an adult it's about you and you have to surround yourself with people who really help you grow and sometimes it's not our parents and that's okay so if you related to any of that um happy to discuss it slide into my DMs someone said during the pandemic, I have become more insecure. I'm looking at myself much more. And I wonder if anyone else agrees. I think a lot of people agree with this. And we asked a poll question and it was like 70% of people have been more insecure. And I think that's just because we're spending so much time with ourselves without makeup, like just totally raw or looking at ourselves in a Zoom. And I think the reality is that that's all on us. Like no one else is feeling that way. So the more we get out of that. And also like, if you're really feeling shitty, like dress up for yourself, not for anyone else, but for yourself one night, maybe do a little Insta shoot, whatever you got to do. Head versus sex, what should come first? I think sex, but that's because I think that head is a very personal thing. And I'm just talking about a woman to a man. I think guys can go down on you whenever they want, but for women, like giving full head, like, to completion, like, until they come, as opposed to, like, pre... um, Why am I forgetting the word for, like, before sex? Um, Wow. Totally blank. Oh, foreplay. Like, that's different, you know? I think that's fine. But, like, giving full head just has never worked in my favor. Maybe I'm just really bad at it. I don't know. (laughs) And... Somebody asked, Do you have any podcast episodes about having a tough home life, slash, not repeating your parents' mistakes? Having a healthy relationship is so hard when you didn't grow up with one, and I'd love to hear more. I can only imagine that that's true. I honestly feel like, even as someone who did have parents with a great relationship, I still found myself in many a toxic pattern of relationships. So, it's tough I think either way whether you have a good role model or not you can find yourself feeling like you don't know what a healthy relationship really looks like and I think it's so important to have friends who have like like couple goals who aren't just your parents maybe it's your aunt and uncle maybe your cousins maybe your friends who are older whatever it might be um and it sounds kind of cheesy but like you see relationships like I watched This Is Us and like Randall and Beth have a really wonderful relationship. And like that is something that I learn from a lot. So I think also therapy, like if you don't want to repeat parents' mistakes, therapy is the go-to. And you just like you see what your parents did that didn't work and you do the opposite. Like I have like I have a friend who's in an amazing relationship who came from parents who had a shitty one. Like it's all subjective and it's how you react to it. Really quickly, I just wanna talk about um, this panel that I was on a couple of weeks ago with Kaspersky. It's basically, if you don't know about stalkerware, it's a commercially available software and it enables someone to spy on you digitally, which is so messed up and not okay. And it's often used in the context of domestic violence because stalkerware is a growing issue at a global level now. And in 2019, Kaspersky detected this and there was an increase of 67% of stalkerware on users' phones like compared to the year before, which is absolutely nuts. And the reason we did the panel is just so that people who might have had stalkers in the past or partners who were really just like invading their privacy knew that there was a place to go and to protect the users from the danger of stalkerware and to raise awareness. And so if you miss this panel, check out the IGTV. It's on our Instagram now. And you can go to endtab.org or spark S-P-A-R-C, the website. Um, You should definitely check it out. Highly recommend. And last but not least should you be jealous of flirting? Absolutely. I think that flirting can be definitely um, like a micro cheating situation unless it's a harmless thing. Like I'm such a flirt as a Libra. I feel like I'm always flirting and like, it really means nothing. It's like only if your partner is someone who doesn't flirt and then is all of a sudden flirting, should you be worried? As opposed to like your partner just being this charismatic person who's always like having a laugh, you know? I feel like you you can be able to tell the difference. So, anyway, let's get to Kelsey. Are you also obsessed with Emily in Paris? I feel like I watched that in a day, like more than any other show. I just plowed through that. And something that I thought was so cool about Lily Collins' character is that she does social media and marketing. And I feel like if she were a real person, she'd be using Issue to do all of that stuff. Because first of all, it's just so much easier. And I feel like all of the Parisians would have been so impressed with all her work if she had done it. Issue is an all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital publications. So like brochures, magazines, like sales collateral, like huge projects that you might have. And it's perfect if you're a creator, a marketer, a designer, an educator, even like, you know, a teacher showing your students things and they make it so easy for you. Like, I do not understand Photoshop and these really confusing, like, you know, tools that you have to figure out. No. All you have to do with Issue is upload your PDF and your files and Issue basically transforms them using your own vision and like customizable templates. And so it's just so easy. And then you can share them to Instagram stories or Facebook groups, wherever you want to distribute it, you can. And I love how creative you guys can be. And I want you to show your creativity. And that's why I'm giving you Issue for free. Or if you want to sign up for a premium account, you'll get 50% off. So you just go to issuu.com slash podcast and then use the promo code ACME. So issuu.com slash podcast and use promo code ACME at checkout for either your free account or 50% off your premium account. issuu.com slash podcast and promo code ACME. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with mental health advocate, online personality, <laughs> and author Kelsey wow. Guerra. Crazy. Holy
1: shit, that is yeah. crazy. Never yeah. in my life, never in my wildest dreams.
0: <laughs> it's amazing, and I want to hear all about the book, but before we get into that, um, for anyone who doesn't know you, Kelsey, how old are you and where are you from? I
1: am 30, <gasps> Uh, uh-huh. and I am living in Los Angeles, though I was sort of formed and raised on the East coast between Florida and then eventually I went up to New York city.
0: Awesome. So yeah. you just turned 30. I know that because obviously I had to look up your sign before we started recording. Oh, wait, what are you? I'm a Libra.
1: You're shitting me. Okay. I was just texting with my childhood best friend who I haven't like talked to in 10 years Mm -hmm. and it's her birthday today. So I was like, oh my God, childhood best friend, my father, my partner, and one of my other best friends are all Libras. I think I just vibe with Libras.
0: You do. You do. It's a Leo thing because we just like, we get each other. It's not like an extra added effort. When's your birthday? It's September 28th.
1: Oh my God. Same as my father. Happy belated. Oh my God. He must be
0: epic. He's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wait. And how old are you? I just turned 30 also. How are you doing with this? Honestly, I'm doing great. But last night I went on someone else's podcast and they were like, so how old are you? And I was like, I'm 29. And then I was like, whoa, whoa. Like I'm in denial.
1: I think recognizing people are younger than me now is terrifying because I never like really looked at being the older person in the room or like the 30 year old. And now it's just so
0: in my face. Mm. Well, like the difference is that when you say like, Oh, I'm like, I'm 27. Like someone's like, Oh my God, you're a baby. But then Mm -hmm. like you say I'm 30 and everyone's just like, Nice.
1: I've been telling That's people funny. I'm 30 since I was 27, kind of like mentally preparing myself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I feel like so much fucking happens. So much. Like it goes, it goes so quick. 27 to 30 is like a blur.
0: So quick. I mean, it's our Saturn return. Do you know all about that? Like we don't uh, have to get fully bitch, into it. Yes. I got, <laughs> I got my um,
1: birth chart tattooed on
0: my arm last Amazing. year in Barcelona. Wait, wait, so what's your rising and moon? fucking Gemini for both. Oh, that makes just so much sense. Emotions. But it's also amazing that like you, you're basically what you do is like communicate with the world because that's all Gemini. What about you? I'm a Virgo rising Capricorn moon, which is honestly okay, tough.
1: Wait, I have to look
0: that up. Capricorn It just, mean, moon. It just means like um, very um, controlled slash repressed emotions which- in so many ways. Are you also Irish? <laughs> no, but like I might as well be. I'm Jewish, so it kind of the opposite. I, w- but-
1: I was gonna say either Jewish or Irish. Yeah, yeah which exactly. like weirdly
0: have a lot in common.
1: But uh-huh. Capricorns have some some similarities with Libra, right? In that it's like stable. Like you guys yes. are stable,
0: totally and reserved, but like, Yes, but I feel like Libras are so chill and like go with the flow and Capricorns are so not chill. And like, I need a plan for like the next 17 years. So it's like, I go back and forth. We would vibe, man. Oh yeah. We would vibe hard. Yeah, we already are. Yeah. Yeah, Me too. (laughs) Me too. So, I mean, you wrote a book, which is so amazing.
1: (laughs) I'm just laughing that that's like our first five minutes is like, well, uh, the most fucking white girl shit we could have done oh, beyond, was like beyond. exchange our signs. Right. Of course. But, I mean, that's what, it. that's what
0: we do here because we're basic, but it's okay. I um, love it. Yeah. I wrote so a book. What the fuck? A book. That's it's so crazy. Cool.
1: Yeah. It, never in a million years. Did I think I would ever write a book because a I didn't think and still don't think I'm smart enough I always considered myself to be a creative and a writer and someone who like creates things from the deep parts of my brain, but never a book that is about mental health, kind of divulging my deepest, toughest times, darkest secrets. And, uh, you know, it's a workbook. So it's something that's, uh, for the reader to journal in there's exercises and games, but then, you know, there's also... I don't know how many pages it is now, but it's all anecdotes and metaphors and personal stories that are kind of like themed with anxiety, depression, and panic, which are like my three main like personality traits. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's so crazy to me. I love books. Like I love my house is covered in them. I can see you've got your shelf right there too. (laughs) But like, I haven't actually physically held it in my hands yet. Mm. And I feel like once that happens, it will complete the...
0: And then I oh, will for believe sure. that I'm an for author. Sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's so it's called "Don't Fucking Panic," which is a great <laughs> title, by the way. And of the it's, times. it's mostly about like your journey with mental health and like making it. You know, as you said, it's a workbook, so mm-hmm. like other people can you know deal with their mental health. Mm-hmm. What is your journey with mental health like? Why is that something that you're passionate about? We're super yeah. passionate about it too. Like we have a nice. list of therapists on our like as a highlight on our Instagram, like live for therapy. But what is your journey?
1: Yeah. You know, it feels lucky in a weird way, which if you would have told me 10 years ago that I'd feel like lucky to have gone through this, I would have punched you in the fucking face because I was having daily panic attacks. My mood swings were up and down. One day I wanted to kill myself. The next day I was like high on life and... When writing this book, you know, I recognized that my mental health, you know, struggles started a lot earlier than I remembered. And, mm-hmm. you know, working at BuzzFeed, which is where most people recognize me from, I talked about my mental health journey through videos and I was very open about it and I sort of mentioned that it started when I was around 17, that I started having panic attacks, I felt really claustrophobic on airplanes. And then it followed me into my regular life. And it was just like a a downhill struggle from there. But writing this book, I recognized, you know, through talking through family members and, you know, remembering things as a kid that it actually started super early for me. Like I'd be at a soccer game, right? Like as a kid, like a fucking toddler and all the kids are like, you know, putting grass in their mouth and like just running around with energy. And I was like, walking up and down the bench, like measuring my heart rate and being like, Hey, how do you guys think our lungs work? Like, what do you think keeps them going? And just not recognizing that that was debilitating, but high functioning anxiety as a kid. Right. And so, you know, I had to sort of, uh, come to terms with and uh, heal that that little part of me that I never really gave recognition to as someone who really struggled. Because we didn't have a word for it back then. Like, yeah. we weren't talking about this shit in the early 2000s or like no. late 90s. Like, I, we no. went to school at the same time. Years because we're the same age, right? Like none of my friends were like, "Hey, how's your depression? Like, you okay?" No, no one no. was
0: talking about that. No, and like if a kid got like pulled out of camp because of like X, Y, and Z, like they'd be shamed. You know, like it wouldn't. Yeah. No one would ever be like, "Oh, no, no, no." They have anxiety and depression. Yeah. Like, of course they're leaving camp. It's like, oh, like they're like a pussy. Like, they yeah, can't handle it, like you know?
1: they're the weird emo kid who like cuts themselves for attention. Like that's right. what I remember mental health looking like as a teenager and so mm-hmm. to have gone through what i went through and felt such shame and secrecy with it you know i started seeing my first psychiatrist when i was 17 and from there it it evolved from it was a roller coaster of highs and lows and now i'm at a point where you know nothing is cured it's not about curing yourself it's about management and recognize, recognizing the tools to use to be able to live and survive in this time. And like, <laughs> what better time to have a book about not fucking panicking than, you know, in the middle of this administration and a global pandemic. And I, I feel yep. like people are are really starting to sort of pay attention to their mental health for the first time. And that's what I want this book to be is kind of like the Bible of real mental health talk because everything out there at least that I was trying to find is so sciency mm-hmm. like so medical and clinical sounding and i was like oh no 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 i want to talk about like sex and anxiety and like dating anxiety or days of depression where i'm just in bed for 12 hours or like the anxiety shits that you get after having a panic attack like i wanted something right. that was very real and yeah. understandable and relatable and so that's kind of why I wanted to write the book.
0: Yeah, that, that stuff is so important. And like, mm. you know, if you're listening, definitely, can you pre-order it or can you buy it yeah, now? Yeah,
1: it, it's for pre-order, but in the like next, hopefully couple of days, we're finding out the real yeah. yeah,
0: well, by the time this comes out, you can definitely <laughs> pre-order that shit. I like to think of myself as creative in a lot of ways. But the one way that I just will never be creative in and will never understand is in interior design. Like I just don't know what goes where and how to choose specific things. Like I go, I've been on like, you know, just I'll go on the website and just choose something random and like hope for the best. But thanks to Feather, I feel like I have a live-in interior designer. Like I go on Feather Livefeather.com. And I find the most incredible, it's like hand picked furniture. And the best part is that it's a rental company. So it's literally like rent the runway for furniture. You can spend like a couple months with a piece of amazing furniture, like a great chair or a wonderful couch or table whatever it might be, even like a side table. And then if you get over it and you're just like, nope, this doesn't spark joy anymore, you can switch it out for another amazing chair. Like tell me that doesn't sound like the best thing ever, especially if you live in a city like New York City. We're all moving all the time during COVID. Like who knows where they're going to live for next month. And it's just amazing. It's so high quality, beautifully designed. It's like people will ask you, which interior designer you used? And you'll be like, um, feather. They've got rugs, lamps, wall art too, which is amazing because like picking art is tough. And I'm just obsessed. And I really want you guys to try it. I want you to be able to furnish your home and love the things in it. And Feather has an exclusive offer just for We met at Acme listeners. So get excited. If you go to livefeather.com and you use promo code ACME, ACME, of course, you'll receive your first month free up to $500. So literally a free month up to $500 off. Like what? That is crazy. Go to livefeather.com, use promo code ACME for a free month up to $500. That is a huge offer. And if you don't take advantage of it, I don't know what you're thinking, but you need to do it immediately. If you live in New York, San Francisco, or LA, get Feather Furniture now. Livefeather.com. Promo code ACME. $500. Check it out. I want to talk about dating anxiety because you mentioned it. Mm -hmm. Um, What is your current relationship status at the moment?
1: So I am in a... Partnership. I'm in an open relationship with love of my life. Uh we are going on three years. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's my current relationship status. <laughs> in an open relationship? Like
0: mm-hmm. elaborate on that.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting because it evolves, right? Like I think uh there's a lot of words for like polyamory, you know, what are those like Mormons that have multiple wives? I think people polygamy. like yeah. Yeah, polygamy and polyamory. Which I don't really identify with. I identify as a queer, bisexual woman in an open relationship. My primary partner happens to be a cis, het, white male. And, you know, if you would have told me five years ago I was going to be in an open relationship, I'd be like, you're crazy because I'm the most jealous person ever. But when I found the right person, which is the person I'm with now, it just was like a perfect fit. It was like, we were so confident and stable in our relationship that I was like, oh my God, no wait! We have so much love here to give that I want other people to experience it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we have our boundaries. We have what works for us. And I think talking about open relationships, that's like important for me to highlight is that open relationships don't all look the same. It's very different for everyone and it doesn't have to be as like taboo as the world still believes it to be.
0: Yeah. Can I ask, like, what are the main rules? Um, Like, is there anything that's off limits? Mm -hmm. And like, what do you share versus like, don't ask, don't tell?
1: Absolutely. So we hate using the word rules because it makes it sound like if you break a rule, it's like, Mm. you shall be punished. And like, I don't think relationships are stagnant, right? Like they're ever changing. You grow, they grow. Um, so things become more uh, sensitive. Like if my partner and I are in not such a great place in our relationship, whether it be like, I started a new birth control and I'm, my fucking hormones are crazy. Or like, maybe he's going through something with work. Like we will close the relationship because we know sleeping with other people is not going to be the thing that, helps us in that situation. Um, We also date together sometimes, you know, like we'll swipe through Bumble together and our profiles are very transparent about who we are in our relationship and we'll go on dates together. Sometimes like I'll go out on my own. Yeah. As far as like boundaries go, I would never say there's like a hard limit really on anything. It was definitely like wading into the water rather than like jumping into the deep end. So I'd say when we first met, it was a little bit different than how we are now. Like we're a lot more liberal and like don't care about shit that maybe we cared about in the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I'm just like, oh, whatever, you're my partner. Whereas in the beginning it was like, I love you, but like, can we do this successfully? Um, Right. Yeah, and and I think what helped a lot, which I have to mention, feels fair to mention, is that like my partner and I started off as friends with benefits, which... Mm -hmm. Like we started the relationship knowing both of us are sleeping with other people at the time, so it didn't feel as like painful <laughs> right, to right. to think sense. about, yeah, whereas mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who are like, I'm thinking about opening my opening my relationship, but the thought of like my partner fucking someone else kills me inside, then don't open the relationship <laughs> right right
0: <laughs> yeah, can I ask like what do your parents think, or do they know um oh yeah, that sure you guys are open, yeah.
1: Yeah, my parents definitely do. Uh, Both of our parents uh, live in Florida and have like conservative environments. Not necessarily that they are conservative, but Mm -hmm. that they live in those environments. My parents are very liberal, like ex-hippie and disco queen. So they couldn't give a shit less. Like they just want me to be happy and like I, I always talk about my coming out wasn't really like a coming out, like I'm out of the closet with a rainbow flag. Like right. I didn't really struggle because I'm like a successful white woman who was just like, oh, by the way, I'm bi. And they were like, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm really lucky in that in that sense for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, That's that's awesome. And do you think that if, let's say you had like, you know, in a different and alternate universe, you met someone else who wasn't your current partner. Do you think there's a part of you that like would never be comfortable with the open thing? And like, it's just your specific partner that yes. makes you feel
1: comfortable about it? A hundred percent. Because I, as like a, a bisexual woman, obviously I am interested in, in genders like mine and unlike mine and... I don't know that I would even be able to get to that place if I didn't feel so confident in my relationship. Like when I'm single, Mm -hmm. I do whatever the fuck I want. But then to have brought that mentality into a relationship felt like really scary. Like, oh my God, is this person going to understand? Are they going to think like, you know, this is dumb or this is going to ruin us. So it, it for sure, for sure is a two-party system. Like you cannot you know, do it because your partner wants to, or like you're trying to fix the relationship. Like that shit is never going to work. Yeah, never. You have to have like a hella solid base to be able to to function at that.
0: (laughs) And do you still see yourself marrying them? Like even though, you know, or is marriage just like not really a thing for you?
1: Marriage to me just feels so... And I get a lot of shit for this because anytime I talk about this on my podcast, people will be like, I'm liberal and open and I'm married and it's great. It's like, great. That's great for you. But marriage to me seems like such a outdated, like game of Thrones, like trading of property and people like <laughs> traditional yeah. bullshit. Like so many people don't understand that. Like the reason why a father walks a daughter down the aisle is because back in the old days, that was like literally a father giving away his daughter. Yeah. Yeah in trade of power and, and or property. still that
0: still is a thing with like religions it's crazy. right
1: and i'm just like i'm not gonna fucking submit to that yeah i'm not totally. gonna encourage that behavior
0: yeah do you believe in marriage I do. I am very traditional when it comes to relationships, like Mm. very. So does
1: my relationship just like fucking sound insane to you?
0: (laughs) It's not that it sounds insane. It's just that it's not what I'm interested in or like Mm. looking for, but I I understand how and why it works. Would you like, are you single? No, I'm in a relationship. I live
1: with my partner. Committed, committed? Yes. Got it. So you would never like fuck around just like for funsies it doesn't like give you any like tingle
0: I don't know I mean I definitely have like kinks and stuff like that and like ideas of to not get too into it like if like someone mm-hmm. hits on my boyfriend like I'm turned on by that you know hell yeah because um, it's a power thing you're like yeah right. that's mine <laughs> Yeah. And like, um, just like those thoughts, like, you know, turn me on, Hell
1: yeah. but
0: I think like actual, and, and I mm. think we'd be open to, you know, like things together at some point, possibly sure. maybe who yeah. knows. Right. Yeah. But, um, I think things individually, mm. I don't know. And I not yeah Yeah. And I think he's like traditional too. And I do really feel like, and I'm not saying that like, you don't feel this way because you do. And that's why you do it. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like he completes all my desires and you know yeah. what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. Um, that's great. But like, I also do see, I mean, we're only like almost a year in like, who knows? Oh, you're Three still years. in like fantastic, yeah. fantastic exactly. stage. Like, yeah. like, who knows? I, I don't think you can rule anything out. Um Yeah but I do believe in like marriage, but not the sure. whole like giving them away part. Just no. the whole like, okay, now we can have kids and like, no one can judge us part. Because uh, we're married, you
1: know, are you, you live in the city? Yeah. Hmm. I have a lot of friends who live in the city that are like the same, like still mm-hmm. don't necessarily believe in those milestones, but yeah, you know, adhere to them because it's like societal yeah. what you grow up yeah with, then
0: like I, it, it feels totally. comfortable yeah exactly and like I also feel like when like exactly like I'm in the city you're in LA I feel like in LA <laughs> literally anything goes like you could yeah. do Free spirit. anything yeah no one would bat an eye like yeah. no one would expect anything mm-hmm. less like it's right just, it's different you guys are like crushing it in the way that like nothing surprises anyone if you're yeah. living in LA, you know? It's, it's funny
1: like, Cause like, it does feel more secretive and kinky to think of an open relationship in New York. Cause it just feels more yeah. saucy for some reason.
0: Totally. I but like, know. I
1: like, I like that you're open to the idea of a threesome or like something like yeah. that where it's like, you totally. can test it out, especially if that's something that like feels like a level up or like a, a, a little treat, you know?
0: Definitely. Definitely. So I want to talk about this video that I was just watching of yours. Um, (laughs) Which one? No, no, it was a great one. It was about, I don't know, I didn't see what year it was. So it was possibly this year, last year, maybe a couple of years ago. But um, it was about being one year sober.
1: Oh yeah, that's recent. Well,
0: congratulations, first of all.
1: I mean, the only thing that feels crazier than thinking I was ever going to become an author was thinking I would ever get sober. Like, yeah. Like truly never did I think I was going to stop drinking. Ever, 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 ever. Like even still today, I'm like, oh, I would never quit drinking. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I don't. Like it, yeah. it never seemed fucking possible. I truly mean that. It seemed, yeah. that was one thing that I was like, I will never stop drinking. And yeah. now I don't drink.
0: It's uh, so weird. I would love to hear about what led you to that journey. Also, just to like identify with you, I am also sober. <gasps> and. Ah! I know. And I will um, have two years at the end of October.
1: Oh my God. Happy early birthday. Thank you. Do so, you do the program? Is that a question I, I can ask? So I know it's supposed to be anonymous. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm like, um... I don't. Uh, I should say that. Okay. I, um, I am involved in things that okay. are helpful. I'm apologies
1: because I'm giving <laughs> sobriety an awful fucking name right now by, by asking no, that. no,
0: you're you're not at all. But I I'm curious as to what you do if you're if you're not. So let's let's hear about it.
1: Yeah, like my hangovers were always awful. Like mm. I grew up in public school in Florida, so that can just give you an idea. Like I was watching people shoot heroin between their toes in like freshman year of high school. Like that was just, you know, benzo capital of the country, like nothing to do, just the heat, the water, whatever you want to blame it on. Like people are just doing a lot of drugs there at a very early age. It's very easy. We had a lot of friends, OD, like plenty of friends in rehab in and out my whole life. It was just something that was very much a part of my life and didn't shock me. And, you know, I talk a lot about this in the book, actually, like there's an entire page that is just like large capital font. That's like, if you have high anxiety, stay away from cocaine, just trust me on this one. (laughs)
0: Like
1: I have seen every side of, you know, alcohol that up and downs. And like I said, my hangovers were never good. I don't know, many people who don't have hangovers, if you're one of them, fuck you. Um, But like my hangover anxiety would last days. And Mm. I talk about this in the book, but I was never like the hottest girl in my group of friends, which was a thing back then you needed to be in order to be successful and popular. And I was like, well, if I'm not the hottest girl, I'm going to become the best at beer pong and I'm going to become the best at King's cup. And I'm going to be wicked good at all of these parties because that's how I like got popular. And so there was not a single person that could beat me in college with beer pong. And I wore that title, like hella proud. And that followed me into adulthood where, you know, all of a sudden wine became the new thing that like white girls were drinking and becoming obsessed with. And I could like knock back a bottle of wine by myself every night, you know, watching Netflix. And it was just so ingrained in my life. And I was suffering heavily and, you know, very high functioning. I I don't know if I identify with the word alcoholic because it was very easy for me to quit. And I think alcoholic comes with a bit of, like genetic struggle. And while it is in my family, I was able to quit relatively easy, which is fucking crazy because I would always take a break. I would be like, okay, I'm going to go 30 days. Okay, I'm going to go 60 days. Okay, I'm going to go 90 days. And I would do it fairly easily and then go right back to binge drinking, like blacking out, waking up in my apartment, like throwing up the whole next day. I was spending like $300 every time I got a hangover calling one of those like IV services that come to your house and bring you pizza. Like it was becoming very regular. And then when I started at Buzzfeed, it became like my entire identity where I was the girl who could drink more than anyone else. And It was like, again, it was like praise. You know, this was the time of like Amy Schumer and uh, Tina Fey and it was like women being like messy and like funny and I latched onto that because it was making me an ass load of money. But behind the scenes, I was like slowly, slowly dying inside and, you know, thank God we've evolved and been like kind of called to arms as white women to like become better people. <laughs> yeah. And I really admired the way that like, you know, Chelsea Handler and Amy have kind of shifted their identity from these like girls who can party to like women who stand up for other women. And I I'm so grateful because I think because society wanted that out of white women, I was able to kind of like put down the vice and be like, okay, you are more than this. And my anxiety got so much fucking better when I quit drinking. My panic attacks were less because that was also the first thing I would reach for when I would be struggling, whether it be at like a social event or a date or whatever. I always knew I could have booze and feel better. And I was like, I'm not actually doing anything by drinking.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Also like you were thinking that it was making you feel better, but it actually genuinely makes you mm-hmm. feel worse. And like mm-hmm. for anyone listening, who's like, yeah, but like that glass of wine at the end of the day, like it just relaxes oh my me. It actually literally does the opposite.
1: Yeah. It's going to catch up to you in ways that might not be apparent right now. And it's a, it's a quick fix and like mm-hmm. My weekends revolved around going out to drink. Like, if I was going on a bike ride, it was like, When can we stop for a drink? I'm at the beach. When are we drinking? I'm at fucking brunch. When are we drinking? And I was like, I have equated drinking equals doing something, drinking equals being out with my friends. And it's like, Oh no, again, like drinking isn't doing anything, you're just getting fucked up.
0: (laughs) Right. And so
1: that was like a big realization for me. I always say, Hangovers keep me sober. The idea of like, puking right now keeps me sober and uh like going back to just talking about the program I tried going to AA and it just it was a bit triggering I think in a way like talking Mm. about it
0: yeah all the
1: time kind of made me like think about it more whereas just kind of going cold turkey and like really focusing on other shit worked for me and then, you know, we yeah. went into a global pandemic, like six months into my sobriety and right. That's... no one asked me out to drinks or, you know, I was afraid to go to the grocery store anyway. So
0: right. it kind of helped. I don't know if that, how yeah. you feel
1: about the pandemic with your sobriety. Yeah. No. Do you talk it,
0: about it a lot? I, I do. Not like a lot because it's not my identity. It's just like part of me. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. No, I remember it's, it's so interesting because so many people like started drinking a lot more and started like, you know, smoking more during this <laughs> pandemic. Like for me, weed was my main thing. And so mm. like this pandemic hit and all my friends who like still smoke a lot of weed, like couldn't get weed. And I was like, mm. that sucks. <laughs> and like, honestly, it's easier for me, um, to like, never think about that because like, wow. I'm not going to like, risk my actual life Mm -hmm. to get X, Y, and Z, you know? Um, Were you one of those people that
1: smoked weed and like became more whatever, creative,
0: outgoing, helpful? in the beginning, in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then it became like a thing that wasn't working, like literally just didn't Mm -hmm. do what it was supposed to do because my tolerance was so high. So like at that point I needed weed to just like be a nice person. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like I'm glad
1: you talk about that I went to rehab when I was in my early 20s more so for my mental health crises like I was not okay after a breakup and this was when my panic attacks were at its worst and I was taking Ativan for um, mm. like my pill switch pill and I became so addicted to those that my uh IOP, which is an intensive outpatient program, my doctors there were like, we don't feel safe weaning you off of Adavan by how much you're taking. So like we're gonna send you to rehab to detox, basically. So I got like skirt skirted into rehab and there was someone there for weed. And a lot of people at the rehab were like, why are you spending like, you know, $30,000? Like it's weed, bro. And we're getting so much pro weed activism in our, our millennia. Thank God that I think that's amazing. But also we're not recognizing that it is a movement and behavior, just like every other thing. thing. And I, exactly. I think that's really cool that you're like bringing awareness to that because people don't yeah, talk, talk about that shit.
0: People don't realize it's like super fucking addictive. Um, but going back to relationship and, stuff, yeah, yeah, oh, it's, yeah it's, it's, sure. it's that's all that's all bad. Um, <laughs> we we got like a couple questions, and oh, cool. I wonder what you think. And then I'm gonna do like a rapid fire. Well, um, rapid fire. But this person asked how to balance between their partner. And their friends while still showing your partner that they are a priority because you really mm. like them. Oh. Mm.
1: That's um, interesting because of the pandemic, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like anyone that's like actually balancing right now, like good for them. It's, it's really not easy. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think?
1: Yeah, this question is interesting because I live with my partner, so it's like they get to know how I appreciate them every day because I wake up next to them. Right. But uh, at this point, we're both like, we need to see our friends or we need to interact with our friends or we need, like, friend time. Mm -hmm. And their question being how do we hang out with our friends while still showing them, I would highly recommend looking at your love languages because – that will tell you a lot about what your partner needs and how they Mm. can express and communicate their needs. And if you are aware of their needs, you'll be able to fulfill them. Because it sounds like right now, the person's like, I don't know how to do this. And like figure out their love language and then do that thing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: What's your love language? Words of affirmation, 100%. Mm. What's yours? That's that's all the Gemini in your chart. Yeah. Um, Emotion. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mine's acts of service because of all the words in my chart.
1: What about your partner?
0: His is, I think his is probably quality time. I'm like literally looking at him mm. right now. Oh, um, hi partner. <laughs> he can't hear you, but he says hi. Oh. Uh, no. <laughs> I, think, I think his is quality time, but not in like that annoying way where he's mm. like off your phone. You know, people say that. Yeah. But I think, um, yeah, like doing things together. I think also like physical touch is a big one for both of us. Yeah.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah.
0: I think like every couple should do that
1: test and like any gram and whatever, like if you don't believe in that shit, that's fine. But if it helps you just understand how to communicate better, like why wouldn't you do it? Like, even if it's not real, fuck it, just try it try it.
0: What's your Enneagram?
1: Pick? What are you going to lose? Mine switches so much. Mm. Like when it first came out, I was like a hard three, mm. but I think I took it again recently and it said I was like a five and I,
0: I, Interesting. I I don't know. What about you? I don't really know a lot of threes and fives. I'm a one, which is just like standard. It never wavers. It's just mm. like a fucking one. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> this person said, they've been struggling to get matches on dating apps these days. Mm. Um, What should they um, include in their profile? I I feel like this just boils down to like, be funny. Like, don't take it too seriously, you know?
1: Yeah. You got to show your friends your profile because they'll give you the best advice. Like what you think is hot pick of you. They might be like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, no. Like, that is not what you look like. Let me send you a hot pick. and then. Like I actually had a dating expert on my podcast last week. And my main question was like, how the fuck are people supposed to date right now? Like right. Without getting infected with COVID. And what she was saying that like FaceTime date right away. Like be like, hi, yeah. hi, you're mm-hmm. cute. You're cute too. Like let's have a FaceTime date and like, just get it out of the way. Cause the longer you're just like typing, 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 texting back and forth with people, we're wasting our time. Like we're in a pandemic, yeah. like, we don't have time to fart around and wonder, like, who should we meet up and risk our lives? It's like, get to the point.
0: Yep. Yeah. I totally agree. Like, it's awkward. And you can joke about the fact that it's awkward. But, like, you got to do it. Like, you have to get Call on the there. trigger, 100%. Yeah. I also, like, just you know, going back to like the anxiety about dating. I was with a friend last night and she's like dating a guy, but they're like third date status, Mm. like nothing established. And she was like, you know, he had said like, let's do something this week. And she was like, yeah, for sure. Which like, she shouldn't have said, she should have been like, yeah, what night like is best, you know, like you always should ask a question, but she was like, yeah, for sure. And then the conversation died. And nothing, um happens. she nothing happened and she was like, you know, what should I do? Should I just like wait? I was like, no, you should text him and be like, okay, what night? Or like mm-hmm. which night are you free? And she was like, mm-hmm. Oh my god, no, like I can't do that. Yeah. I was like, but he already said, like, I like well, like let's go out. Like he already put himself out there. So finally I get her to send the message to him that's like, so what night like is good for dinner? And like, it was so scary for her. Like she, she sent it and like, he didn't respond for an hour. Mm -hmm. She was like legit having like heart palpitations and like real true anxiety.
1: Like those waiting for the quote
0: bubble, like the three dots, right?
1: I think it's something I talk about in the book where you have to look at your fears from the standpoint of first thought is your worst thought, right? Like right. you're thinking about doing something. It's like, my first thought is going to be like, he's going to think I'm stupid. He's not going to text me back. He's going to tell me I'm a fugly bitch who like never has a chance with it. Like you're going to like the worst case scenario. Yeah. But what really matters is your action behind it. Right? So you can think all these awful, terrible things, build up your anxiety to what if, what if, what if, but we're never thinking about, putting it into action and yeah. dealing with the, then what's right. Like we've got the what ifs, but we never think about the, then what? So it's like, what if I text him and he doesn't text me back? Then what is what I'm trying to look at that right. will help kind of quell that anxiety. Right. Like, and like, yeah, I'm sorry. If you're of that age, you live in the city, you're like a millennial person and you can't fucking give me a time and a date. I don't want to date you.
0: <laughs> right. Because like, we're busy, you know, and like yeah. you should be busy. And that's why you're asking for the time and the date because you respect your own schedule. Like, no, you're worried. That yeah, that's the way you need to think about it. Okay, yeah. we're doing rapid fire. Let's do it. Um, do you believe a break is ever a good idea in a relationship? Yes or no? Oh, fuck.
1: I know you said rapid fire, but I feel like I have an explanation. Uh, yeah. Is a break a good idea? No.
0: Agreed. <laughs> red flag or deal breaker? Your significant other spends more time with their best friend of their desired gender than they do with you.
1: That's a, re- that's a red flag.
0: Or is it is a deal it... breaker? Which is like, mm, de- goodbye.
1: Depends on where you are in the relationship, yeah. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Normal or weird if your partner does not want to know about your sexual history? Normal or Weird.
1: Weird. Mm. I want to know. Don't you want to yeah. know? Would you want to know if your partner yeah, had like so, a fucking slut phase? And you're like, yeah.
0: Tell me about it. No, like I, I don't want to know the number, and I don't think they should want to know the number. I think that's like trash. Honestly, what I do, I think it's like so. Creepy. Uh-uh. that tells
1: you so much about a person and like a no. time in their First life all, oh no one's
0: gonna be honest about it like guys Always are be like yeah 200 like ew and it's like
1: no no but if you like, if no. it's true like hello my partner was a touring dj for 10 years like i would right. be dumped to think his number isn't 200 you know what i mean like yeah. and that's fine
0: it makes like, me feel like good for
1: mm-hmm.
0: you right i'm happy I mean, for them. I don't, I don't need to know, like, you know, as Gen Z says, like the body count, but I like every now and then, like, if we like see a hot girl and he like says hi to her on the street, I'll be like, did you, you know, like, but I don't need to know, like, what was the number? Like how many people did you I sleep with I cannot disagree college? more. I think it takes the really? fear out of it.
1: I think it takes the fear out of it knowing
0: I think it's like none of our business. Like, but, but that's your but. partner.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> what like, do you mean none of your business? Your fucking everything is my business. Really? Every part of you is. No.
0: Yes.
1: There I want to know. That's sort of boundary, yeah. Oh, hell no. I want to know everything about you. I want to know... A fucking, when you take a shit, I want to know when you're going to crush it. <laughs> well, yeah. Like just uh, honesty to me, I don't like feeling
0: like they're secrets. I can't. I think that's why but it's I, not a secret. Like what is my partner knowing how many people I slept with going to solve for, for him?
1: I don't think it's something to solve. I think it's just very telling. Right. And it, telling mm. in a way that it's like, if your number's high, you're a slut. That's not what I mean. Like, yeah. I think it's reflective of who you are as a person. Like it shapes the way you also think about sex. Like, you know, if you went through a period of phase where you're just fucking, 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 it's like, okay, let's talk about that. Were you really focused on like self-pleasure? Like, were you getting something out of it? Or was it like you say a body count? Like how did that inform your intimacy patterns? And like, do we need to break that down? Will that like be something that has been brought into our relationship? Like, I feel like, but I mean, if you're, if you're just like fucking no problems, like great.
0: (laughs) so interesting I just like I you know, think a lot of people also don't keep track you oh, know I have a list I have a list oh same of same yeah. but like I, I don't feel like most guys and maybe this is like such a thing that I made up in my head but they yeah. have a list you know
1: no I I would agree I think the male brain probably unfortunately evolutionarily just focused on like rewards and impressing other dudes
0: oh, totally um, but yeah. that's really interesting. I'm happy we have that. Today. I'm going <laughs> to ask again as, as a poll question because we do these on our Instagram. Oh, cool. And, and, and see what people think. Um, Okay. Oh, this is actually related. Dating five months and haven't had a legit combo about exes, past relationships. You both like to look forward and honestly, you don't want to hear about their past and you don't think they do either. Weird or fine to not talk about this. This is like basically the same thing we just talked about.
1: I know. To me, it's like being trauma-informed about your partner. Mm. Like, the more you can understand them and the way that they function, the better your relationship is going to be. And if something fucking awful has happened in the past, and, like, maybe if they're like, I've dated people and whatever, cool, but I would want to know.
0: Yeah, I think that, and, like, this is my last thought on this, and then I want to ask you a quote or piece of advice, but I think that, like, Mm -hmm. if you're asking your partner in, like, a weaponizing way, like, like, because you're going to hold it against them, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. like, no. Then you're a shitty like, that person not and a go to fucking therapy. <laughs> exactly. You have issues. If you're yeah. like so open and accepting and loving that you're mm-hmm. like, I love you so much that like, I want to know your number because I think you're... So so amazing, and like your sexual history is like our sexual history, and like, <laughs> uh, like you know, I'm like fine, sure, sure, you know. But it's, yeah, but it's all about the intention behind it, and I think 100%. You know, a hundred percent of our listeners like are younger, and mm. they're submitting questions like the guy demanded that I tell him, and it's like no, in that case, you don't owe them anything. No. Yeah.
1: We got to you know? get you away from toxic men. If that's exactly like that's step one.
0: <laughs> right. Like if it's yeah. something that like you bring up, cause like it's fun and like flirty and like interesting and trauma related. That's different.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I appreciated? I met a guy not long ago when I was on the road working and he, I was like, Oh, you know, we both were like, Oh, are you single married? And he was like, Oh, I have an ex-wife. And then when he would tell stories, he, he started by saying like, I don't know what her name was, but he was like, I'm just going to call her Jane. Like that's my ex-wife's name. So you know who I'm talking about. And I was like, that's re- like, I appreciated that because how awkward is it to be like, oh yeah, I've been to Canada before. My ex-wife and I went to see a show. Right, like it's like, right. I kind of just appreciated that he named it. And like, mm-hmm. it, I, it felt like it gave her respect on her name. Definitely. And I was like, I appreciate you as a man, like giving that, Person, like acknowledgement. I don't know. I just, yeah, no, no, no. I like that. Yeah. that. I like that. Yeah. Um, like, we're so afraid to say, like, our ex's name around
0: our current partners. Right, right. That's such a good call. Um, like, definitely triggering. something to be explored. <laughs> yeah. So, Kelsey, do you have a piece of advice or just like, you know, some words of wisdom that you can leave our listeners mm-hmm. with?
1: Well, since I'm a- promoting a book, uh, <laughs> I guess I would say, like, pay attention to your mental health now more than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, really take this time that we've been given to analyze the way you handle stress and think about the world and your relationships, because I hate to say it, but like, things aren't going to go back to normal, like ever. Like we're, we're a changed world now we've gone through Mm a collective trauma. So like acknowledge that and give yourself space and like compassion to to
0: deal with what we're going through right now. And buy my book. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. And that leads me to my final ask, which is where can everyone find you and read your words and follow you?
1: Yeah. So I'm Kelsey Dara on all the things. I have a podcast too, which you absolutely should come on called Confidently Insecure, where we talk about all the things that we are absolutely sure we know nothing about. So everything from sex and race to politics and fucking quitting sugar you can find that wherever podcasts are listened to obviously pre-order the book on thought catalog that's the publisher where you can pre-order right now and check out the hashtag justice for soraya which is a documentary i'm working on about a young girl who was wrongfully in prison for having a mental health crisis and we could really use the public support uh just spreading the word about that case awesome thank you so much kelsey thank you